never really worked. Can, can we just start talking over the end of that? It feels like you should be able to, but I've never kind of been brave enough to. Like when it'll, when it'll start, we'll have to ask ask producer Ryan. So, uh, hello and welcome to this week's League Two podcast. Uh, obviously, there were no games at the weekend. And so we'll see you next still, week, guys. <laughs> an awful lot to talk about. Uh, Ryan says we have to unmute my mic to talk over it. So I'll know, know for next week. Uh, so it's me this week, Hannah and Liam and Charlie, who is a new addition to the League Two team, but also a Bradford fan, just for balance. Boo. <laughs> I can boo tonight because I'm, I'm a Radcliffe FC fan tonight. I did wonder what that was. It's the most disgusting football shit I've ever seen. I, I loved um, it as soon as I saw it. And I went, I went to Salford Radcliffe in pre-season and I, we know. I, I had to buy it. I had to buy it. <laughs> Great. Welcome, Charlie. I, and Charlie's Hello. joined us on an auspicious day in the life of Bradford City Football Club. Alexander's yeah. Bradford Army. <laughs> Alexander. We're winning it yeah, all. The man, yeah, we're winning it all. The, the man that me and Charlie always wanted from the start. We never mentioned yeah. Dave Attell <laughs> at all. Um, we we absolutely were on the Graham Alexander train and hype. Everyone. Yeah. Mm. To, to be absolutely honest, I wanted Alexander before Hughes. So I'm quite yeah, and happy right um, now. when when we talked over the summer about Alexander going to MK Dons, we were both fairly effusive in our support for him in terms of like him being a good appointment. He's just not settled at didn't settle at MK Dons. What does effusive mean? Enthusiastic. Oh right, okay. Word of the day. Um, Ryan, can we get like a, a graphic and a, and a, like a, a, a twinkly noise and like word of the day across the screen? For Hannah, every single week brings a really strange word when she could have just used the one that she knew we'd know. Um, I didn't do it on purpose. It's just your well, extended we're from vocabulary. Bradford. How would you expect yeah. us to know these words? Yeah, come on. Honestly, Hannah, there was a people found that there was a guy dealing crack behind the library in Bradford, and the, everyone in the city was mortified and shocked because no one knew we had a library <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with it but no um it's like when when you sing uh like uh football in a library and then you've yeah. never seen the library i'm not gonna lie i've already forgotten the word you used effusive uh, a few effusive yeah effusive oh, right E double F U S I B E, and I'll expect you to use it in a sentence over the next. It's getting used. It's getting used in this pod by me, like you didn't just tell me it. Good. By me, Hannah's taught me the word effusive. There's my sentence. I don't think it works like that. Yeah. What else we got? Not that we'll move on from Bradford, but also we've got Swindon to talk about. Why? What's happened with Swindon? Just. Well, nothing actually. No, nothing's actually happened, but there are rumblings of things about to happen, not least yeah. Ryan being hit over the head with a shovel by an angry Swindon fan. Yeah, look, Swindon fans are always very touchy at stuff like this. Um, but in the end, in the long run, 
we always seem to get apologies and oh you were actually right and that's kind of the track <laughs> record we've got at this point with Swindon yeah um, it Have is what you, it is we can all be friends by Saturday because uh I'm going to the county ground I'll have a rumble on the magic roundabout <laughs> Is, is it? Oh, it's at Swindon, isn't it? That could be yeah, the most toxic atmosphere. Um, yeah, well, they've got um, they've got Colchester tomorrow night, so that's that game from the opening day of the season that was cancelled due to torrential rain. So they've mm. got that first. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they approach that. Yeah. When we were talking about it on the six oh six on Saturday night, we did the FA Cup one. And I think it might have been Charlie from Swindon was saying that it's they don't they've not really had I asked if they bounced back from big losses and they said well, they've not really had any, you know, it's not had anything the same measure this season. So be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it's not just the kind of the top of Ryan that's that's putting Swindon in point this week. It's, what happened in that game on Saturday. And I think that's probably what annoyed Swindon fans a little bit more, is that the the article from Ryan came out. Um, it was bad timing. But it had to come out. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. But, but like, if I was a yeah. Swindon fan, I'd lost seven. Was it 7-4? Seven, four, four, I can't even remember. 4-7. Um, and then that comes out on the same evening. I would have been feeling pretty shit about things anyway. And but then, even if they won seven four, it would have oh, still yeah. come out. It wasn't. It oh, wasn't yeah. put out it intentionally. Wasn't no, 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 no. Yeah, no. it 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 had to. Um, and Stockport have got older shot in the next round. Yeah. Um, see if you guys concede seven. But <laughs> let's um, well let's let's talk news then. Should we should we should we start Bradford first? Do you want to let's get us do, out of the way? Let's do Bradford first, given that we've done a little yes. bit of swinging. Um, and I'll just I'll just sit back. I'll be uh, what you can what do you call it? Um, a, a neutral diplomatic voice yeah. of reason. And we will be the over the top excited. <laughs> um, we, we will be right. Um, I've got on my, uh, like, I think it's on Twitter. I've got my browser gives me like subtitles for things, and it was it really really struggled with his video that he did on the Bradford thing about how he wanted to excite the fans, and um, it said it's I'm I'm Grand Mix because he must have said Graham Alexander very quickly, mm. and it like so now forever in my head he'll be known as Grand Mix, which is like some kind of gangster DJ granny. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing with him is and look we have probably well, I'm not bothered about saying it because I say it every single week pretty much we have one of if not the most toxic and hostile fan bases in yeah. the league um, maybe even in the EFL and it kind of fans had written him off um, before he was even announced and I found it really baffling because what they were using as an example for why he needed to be written off was this first 16 games of the season. For obviously anyone who doesn't know, if you don't know, I don't know why, why you're listening, you've missed everything, um, was that in the he obviously signed for MK Dons in the summer. And uh, after signing for MK Dons, he won four out of the first five games of the season. 
got manager of the month for August and then didn't win in eight games and ended up getting sacked, which is which is just ludicrous. It really is for a manager that's coming in and starting a project and trying to settle. You're going to have things like that. Um, he he was sacked a few weeks back and now he's at Bradford. But everyone's basing all their thoughts on him on that 16-game window. He's managed 450 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. don't look at that 16 games. That's the people are talking like the 434 other games are the anomaly, and the 16 games is who he is. That's mm-hmm. the anomaly. He has been phenomenal. And I pulled up some stats on it, and only once in his career at any club he's been at has he ever had a point where his wins column was less than his draw or loss. Right. And that was at Motherwell, where he won 27, drew, I think, 11, and lost 28. So it was, there's only one in it. All the others, you, you're looking at like someone on a on a Bradford City space earlier described his time at Scunthorpe as average. 112 games, 54 wins, 30 <laughs> losses, and then however many draws that is. And I, I just said, how is that average? Like That mm-hmm. is incredible. And he's done that at Salford. He did it at Fleetwood. He did it at, sorry, yeah, Salford, Fleetwood, mm-hmm. Scunthorpe. This man knows how to get teams playing and he obviously got sacked from that was the other one belting comment from a Bradford fan he's been sacked everywhere he's gone fantastic so is Jose Mourinho <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like managers get sacked unfortunately every manager at some stage gets sacked and there's no manager out there that hasn't been sacked but then people were throwing names about and they were like let's get Joey Barton in well, Joey Barton was um, favourite yesterday, this time yesterday, or maybe not this time yesterday, but certainly earlier in the day, he was mm. evens. But he just got sacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then the Cowleys are like, look, I know producer Ryan's going to shoot me for this, but let me just be brutally <laughs> honest here. The Cowleys have, they've had a, they had a good stint at Lincoln, and then they've had a hell of a lot of excuses for postings. Mm. They had a good time yeah. at Lincoln, and that's that's all that they really are known for. And everybody wanted the Cowleys. And it's like even the Cowleys didn't achieve the level that he has achieved. He's always yeah. been well-known. He got sacked from Salford when I think they were fifth in the league. And yeah. Gary Neville came out and said, we should have never have sacked him. He said that was the worst decision I've made yeah. as an yes. owner. Like, yeah. But Gary Neville, who literally will sack anybody at any time for nothing, for him to come out and say, I got that wrong, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie, so you're the at the Paraders on Twitter, and you did a kind of a post earlier on, not in defence of Graham Alexander, but kind of uh, supporting his and, and and highlighting some of those achievements that he's got. Was like has has your opinion of him changed as you've done the research? Like there was a really lovely post that you did yesterday as well, it kind of thread in what in terms of why he was a good fit. You said that you might have changed your mind over the last few weeks, or have you always been a fan? So, to be honest, when he came in at MK Dons, I didn't have the best idea of who he was. Mm-hmm. But then, with research, and even, you know, my research was more than this, but even if you look at a Wikipedia, his Wikipedia article, and look at what he's done, mm-hmm. you can just see there, you can see his record, you can see even on the Salford thing. It mentions, it makes a point out of Gary Neville saying, I shouldn't have sacked him. Yeah. And 
for me, what it seems like is he likes big pressure jobs. And I think he said yes. that himself. He likes big pressure mm-hmm. jobs. And there's absolutely, without a doubt, that we're a massive, you know, at City, where the pressure is massive on managers, on players, on everyone. You've got a bigger attendance. You've got bigger, also almost more defan- demanding fans, you know, very demanding mm-hmm. fans, as we've seen sort of every season in recent memory. I think as well, it will be interesting to see what happens because when when he signed for MK Dons in the summer, it was after him saying that he would never drop down to League Two. So I thought this appointment was interesting given that there are vacancies in League One. But I wonder whether he feels like he has to prove that he can manage at different levels and that he you know, can can leave Bradford in a better position than he finds them in, which is, is what he's done routinely throughout his career. Um, I, but... I, actually, I think I agree on that. I think that he's got a point to prove now because of what happened at MK Dons. And mm-hmm. again, on you know, it comes back to Bradford fans earlier on, the other complaint was, why have we given him a two-and-a-half-year deal? And it's for, for me, if you're a CEO and you believe in that manager that you're bringing in, why would you not give them a, a long-term deal mm-hmm. if you're if he's willing to sign it? Someone said we should have given him uh, till the end of the season with an option in our favour. I said, why would Graham Alexander sign that? Well, Gra- no, Graham yeah. Alexander doesn't need to prove to us that he's good enough. He's done that consistently. Yeah. yeah. And the other issue is if we give him a year contract, an 18-month contract, and at the end of this season he's done really well, What's we're then in a position where someone else comes along and says, "All right, we'll take him. We can we'll get minimum right. compensation, and he'll yeah. he'll go." We're protecting ourselves. He, uh, yeah, I mean, like producer Heath just said in chat, there a short term contract Absolutely. shows that we don't have belief in him. And I, I yeah. think, look, people say we keep doing this, we keep giving out long term contracts. No one batted an eyelid when we gave Mark Hughes a two and a half year contract. No one could believe that we'd managed to get him to sign it. Um, <laughs> we've 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 tried successful managers before Derek Adams we tried if Derek Adams could keep his fucking mouth shut he would have gotten us promoted not that season second season because he's always a second season man he would have taken us up look at what he's doing with Morecam again second season back at Morecam look what he's yeah. doing um, Graham Alexander is a I don't want to say he's a Derek Adams type but what I mean is he's got mm-hmm. success he's got repeated success and he's also he's not got that attitude that that uh, that Derek yeah. Adams brought to the job. So for me, th- this is, I think, a very, very good. Like I, I was in the day of Artel Camp, um, and that was purely mm-hmm. for, well, probably a biased reason because we, we love Dave Artel. We've we've seen everything that he's he said, and we've kind of had that. We haven't done that with Graham, but I'm very. I can't. I'm for the first time this season since the opening day or the opening home game. I'm excited to go this weekend. And I've, I've not felt like that since a couple of games in. It's going to be really interesting to see how he sets up because obviously first impressions matter at any club, mm-hmm. but this is yeah. Bradford. And also I saw on Twitter someone saying that I think the last game he did before he got sacked at MK Dons or the last home game he had was Barrow. Um, oh, if that's yeah, true, it was, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. There we go. Revenge time. But I think I'd be interested to see how he sets up because he's going to want to go out there and we're going to want him to go out there as a fan base and show us, right, people are questioning him. Come out and show us what you can do. And I'd love to see just 
what he does. Even just the lineup might be, we might be looking at it on Saturday going, well, what's that? Yeah, I've been doing that all season. <laughs> I've been looking at the lineup all season going, what's that? Why is Bobby pointing on the bench? <laughs> Has anyone mentioned Bradford and 442 yet today? I've not seen anything. Yeah, yeah but that, the thing is, that's what he re, he plays, doesn't he, Charlie? You on your thread yeah. that you did, he kind of mentioned that he kind of alternates between a 442 and a 4222. Because mm-hmm. he, he has a four four two, but with wingers like that's yeah, really that's probably where we are strongest. It, like we've got good players for those positions, um, and yeah, like we, we've had people say to us, and again a comment just now come in. Don't expect the sexiest of football from Alexander. He'll get results, mm-hmm. but not exactly entirely exciting to watch. I am not bothered. Yeah, I, I said earlier on again on the Bradford thing. I want to get out of this league. And I don't care how, if I have to sit and watch poorer football for the next 18 months, but at the end of it, we're there or thereabouts, bring it on. Phil Parkinson, people look through Phil Parkinson's time at Bradford with very, very claret and amber tinted glasses. He was, for me, best manager we've ever had. But his football was shite for us. Like we were genuinely one nil up, sit back, defend. Mm. And that was, it was boring. It was pass along the back. There was a lot of negativity in his, in his play. But it got us. We, we were we were always progressing under him, and if we can do that under Alexander, I, I really think Graham Alexander is the most exciting manager in terms of a CV that we've had since Parkinson left us in twenty sixteen. Charlie, yeah. how long do you think this your very toxic fan base will give him? It depends on what happens each match. If we win on Saturday, they'll mm-hmm. give him time. And until we lose, and then when we lose, they'll go, "Oh, you've got the wrong guy." And then when we win again, they'll be happy. That's what I think it is. I think every Bradford yeah. fan will agree. Yeah. Um, you you, you look at you, you on. just on that, Charlie. You mentioned uh, what was he called, Kev McDonald? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same situation. Three games into his stint, Bradford fans were literally tweeting, "Give him the job permanently." Yes. We then went to MK Dons and got spanked, and it was, "We need a manager." Like that is how fast it can turn, and Charlie's spot on. It, it will be it's a case by case basis. What the board right. and what Ryan Sparks need to do now is stop listening to the fans. Well, yeah, yeah because no, go on, Charlie. I forgot to be honest. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> when when he's joined, it was very much right. You've got I think it was similar two and a half seasons, and you get promotional bust. If I was you know, in leadership at Bradford, I don't really want to reset the clock and be like, right, okay, we've got another two and a half years. So at what point, I mean, there's more pressure on him. Is he almost, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one because the fan base won't tolerate another two and a half years in League Two with no progression. Um, but at the same time, Graham Alexander is coming in and needs to rebuild his team. He's got transfer window coming up, which is excellent timing as long as there's investment. Presumably, Jake Young is is coming back and that might help. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see not just the fans, how long the club give him, given that they've already kind of lost momentum, I guess, with Mark Hughes. I actually think, um, and I think that this will show over the next few months, I believe that 
the 16 games at MK Dons will work in our favour. Mm-hmm. In that he now has a point to prove. Like he really yeah. does need to do something. If we were, if he'd come here straight from Motherwell or after his Motherwell job, it's kind of a free ride in a sense of he's done it at this level before. He's never failed at this level. Everybody kind of gets behind. He's going to see that first 16 games as a failure. Doesn't matter how, whether we think oh, yeah. he acted harshly or not, he's now got a point to prove. And yeah. I look, look, I, I speak to, to MK players and I spoke to a couple earlier today. Same thing. They really like the guy and they've said he'll be phenomenal for Bradford. So he didn't lose the dressing room. He The fans, that was it. He didn't lose the dressing room. The dressing room was still behind him. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I, I really can't wait to see just what happens. It's exciting again. Yeah, big time. Have, have you seen that clip? I saw it on Twitter earlier today of him talking to Salford in the dressing room at Valley Parade. No, no, no. Um, massive. He's talking about if you want to show everyone how big you are, you come here and do this, and just. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's big on the motivation, massive mm-hmm. on the motivation. And that's something that personally I mentioned it in I think every thread I did on the on yeah. the managers. Um motivation is massive because a lot of a lot of fans complain, oh, the the players aren't playing for him, da 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 da. And it's just like, well, is a man who can get them to play for him and show it on the pitch. I um, obviously, Hannah, we've got that good relationship with Salford, and I mm-hmm. reached out when I heard about Alexander. Um, text text this morning and just said confirmed. And bear in mind, this is someone who witnessed exactly what he did at Salford, and mm-hmm. the response the response was fantastic appointment. Yeah. Can, man- can manage big personalities and expectations. That's what and we that- need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had Scunthorpe. Someone's just said he had Scunthorpe. Uh, what was the position? A third in League third. One with Scunthorpe. Mm-hmm. And Scunthorpe are a basket case of a club as well. Yeah. Look at what's gone on there in, since he left. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. every Everything, aside from that 16-game stint, which everybody's focusing on, aside from that, everything about Graham Alexander points to him being a great man. If we'd have brought him in before that MK Don stint, everyone would have been over the moon with it. Mm-hmm. So bring it on. Let's do it. Promotion. I can't wait. Who have you got on Saturday? Oh, Barrow. Um, We've got Barrow. And uh, I'm going to just point out here, I know this for a fact, Graham Alexander is a huge fan of Ben Whitfield. And on Saturday <laughs> we play Barrow. Ben Whitfield mm. is a Barrow lad. Sorry, a Bradford lad. Yeah. Born and raised in the area. A Bradford fan. I... I'm praying that he is on Graham Alexander's radar for January because he's there. It would be it'd be the easiest signing he ever makes. Like, <laughs> it's who he is. He's from here. You know, no offense to Barrow, but even if he wasn't a Bradford fan, it's 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 a step up. And then when you've got you're adding the fact that his family are season ticket holders. All his friends are season ticket holders. Mm. He, he lives locally. He wants to, like, his dream is to play for Bradford City in for them, not just against them. 
Mm-hmm. We we've obviously brought Bobby Pointon through, and Bobby Pointon's a homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. We know we're not going to keep Bobby Pointon for long because he's a very very good player. Ben Whitfield is that kind of grounding for the players. It's someone who understands what it means to be a Bradford City fan and a Bradford City player, what this club means to the community. Yeah, I am praying and I will be every opportunity I get to speak to Graham Alexander. Have you spoke to Ben Whitfield yet? Can we? Have you spoke to Barrow? Have you got permission yet? So I'm hoping that Saturday is where he takes the, the, the opportunity to watch what he can do. That's kind of... The other thing is it's kind of probably a bit of a negative for us because... Ben Whitfield's going to turn up on Saturday and he's going to want to play. And he's going to want to put on a performance. Um, When he signed from Stockport, did he go on a two-year contract or three? So it's last last summer. It's his last last season there. Um, Look, again, no offence to Barrow, but Ben Whitfield is too good for that club. He is. And was it not for Pete Wilde, I don't feel like he'd have ever signed for someone like Barrow. I feel like he was good enough to sign for a better club than that so mm. let's see let's see anything you want to add charlie before we move on what's your um, prediction for just oh uh we're winning i think we're winning <laughs> uh this oh, will no. come back to bite me i've said this every game we've lost we're winning we will win with graham alexander and the fans will absolutely love it and then we'll lose after that because it's the bradford way um, I, w- I did want to mention, we talked about him being sort of very sort of heavy on the motivational aspect. Do you think he'd he'd love to work with more Bradford lads like Bobby Poynton and, uh, and, and Whitfield? He can sort of, he can work with them perfectly and sort of use the fact that they're Bradford lads to focus not just motivation for them, but for the rest of the team. Yeah, I think one thing that, as you've seen, is that he, he likes to work with with younger players as well. And I, I think this was something that, I, again, I pointed out earlier. Look at the players that MK Don signed in the summer. Like They signed very, very good players. Players want to come and play for a Graham Alexander side. And that that's really... But for me, like I said, everything is just... It's just all set to be great. We've just got to give it time. And, you know, if we do yeah. beat Barrow on Saturday and then, yeah, we've got Notts County the week after, let's be brutally honest, we're not expecting to beat Notts County. Like, regardless of who's in charge, we wouldn't expect to beat Notts. They're a hard team to come up against. So let's, yeah, look, um, I, I think if I'm Alexander right now and he'll have been watching the games for the last couple of weeks, yeah. I'm I'm building my first eleven on Saturday around Bobby Pointham, make him yeah. feel like he's a part of this, make him feel like he's the main man because he is. I mean, we. I know, I know you didn't see last week. In fact, I don't think you were there, Charlie. The Manchester City under or Academy. These yeah. these lads are the same age as Bobby Pointham, and they're playing for Man City. <laughs> he would walk into that Manchester City Academy team. Like that's how good he was. He, they, they couldn't touch him, and obviously that first first team experience that he's got has maybe toughened him up a little bit. But genuinely, like last week, the Man City Academy that we played, who were all around the same age as him, he, he was he was too good for them. Um, so yeah, build a team around Bobby Point and 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 let's really push on. Get two up top, which again excited for because then when Young comes back, we can have that young Young and uh, Smith 
between themselves and then Andy Cook oh, yeah. as the other one. And, and that, that's the big man, small man combo that we had with Hanson and Wells. It's always worked for us. Let's let's do it. Oh, yes, ball. <laughs> so thinking about some of this week's fixtures, we've got Colchester and Swindon tomorrow. Then on Saturday, obviously, Bradford and Barrow, but you've got a bottom of the table, Colchester and Sutton. But there's some really interesting ones. There's Crewe and Notts County. So, you know, I don't know. Is that like third place, fifth, maybe? Um, and then the other one, I think Salford and Mansfield would be a good game. That's another one to watch. Uh, and then Wrexham and Gillingham. Now, Gillingham, Gillingham haven't got a manager yet, have they? Have they? Yeah. Yeah. Clements. Yeah, yeah, Clements. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Clements. I uh, honestly lost track of who has and who hasn't at the moment. Um, but yeah, Wrexham and Gillingham as well. There's a few, I think, yeah, Sw Swindon and County, I think it'll be really interesting. I know that Swindon fans aren't necessarily looking forward to it, but I don't know. Got all the no, that's true. Should we yeah, talk about tomorrow, tomorrow night in Colchester might be the kind of boost, psychological boost that they need. It's. It, I think tomorrow is make or break first for them in terms of yeah. fan reaction for how they approach Saturday. Okay, right. So let's talk about Swindon. Mm -hmm. So on at some point last week, on the 1st of November, we, Ryan contacted uh, Swindon for their comments on stories that we had received or um, accounts that we'd received that the players and the staff hadn't been paid and that the club was up for sale. Mm -hmm. uh, they did not respond to that. They didn't respond to a further request for comment on Saturday night, I think, which was yeah. when the story was published. So that came, as we said, not great timing if you're a Swindon fan, but it also, I think, for some people, kind of helped a little bit because they've seen what's going on on the pitch and it, it felt... Um, not confusing, that feels very emotional, but they didn't really understand what was going on. And then mm -hmm. suddenly there is, um, I don't know if say allegedly, there is, a, there is a potential reason for off the pitch affecting on the pitch. Uh, you had the, well, we had the space last night with, with Swindon fans, which the recording's available as two hours of, um, it was, I mean, incredibly well balanced I think there, there wasn't anyone um that was you know they, they were just trying to understand the situation at the club I think is is the best way to mm -hmm. put it um what was your kind of overriding takeaway from that I think this considering what came out in the article and I feel like they handled it perfectly as a fan base because they could have come on screaming, shouting, and it's. I feel like they've they've handled it with a hell of a lot of dignity. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't expect that. Twelve thousand people 
tuned in tuned into that space last night um not all live we had we had about 800 on live and then 11 and a half thousand watched mm-hmm. overnight i woke up this morning to 12,000 i was like that's staggering um yeah. i think look we, the the statement went out and it it, it essentially said that the the we, we've been told that allegedly the club is up for sale players have been paid late some have now been paid some maybe still haven't we we don't know on that part but we also said that there is a um an accountancy error was blamed yeah. now that doesn't make sense but we were also told then by another source that actually the reason that it, it, it happened was because the money wasn't there for the club to pay the wages and clem had to transfer money into the club to pay yeah. it. which he confirmed in his statement on yes. sunday but he also said that he had to, that, that it was all paid on time and everybody was paid, um, mm. which that's contradictory because, yeah, there's there's so many people, there's players that are coming out and saying, you know, I, I'll mention, again, this is allegedly because it is, it's multiple fans that have said this, that have seen this, but mm. a player at the end of the game on Saturday right. said, this can't carry on. We've been yeah. through so much. There's so much going on. We can't do this anymore. Mm. And then it's not right, essentially. You've then got, uh multiple people coming forward and saying that that the lotto for example if you wanted paying you, you pay via a direct debit into the bank if you win and you want it paying out into your bank that's not people aren't getting paid only people that are willing to go at the end of a match and collect cash are getting anything which shows that maybe they're living match to match um and then yeah, the, the player at the end of the match also said that what we see or what the fans see is just a smokescreen, which is, that's alarming in itself. You, you've you've got so much going on and throughout all of this, you have a silent supporters trust. Like, where are the supporters trust? What are they doing? And why aren't they all over Clem? If I if I was the supporters trust and and supporters trusts are uh, designed to be representative of the fans, um, but also I think um, to hold the club to account in terms of you know some of the dealings and and there are FSA um, rules and regulations on engagement with with fans trusts and. Yeah. Supporters groups, um, so there's a level of governance there. Probably, they could well have been as surprised by what came out on Saturday as the global fan base was, and they are taking their time to formulate a, a response. There are all there is also a cohort of fans who have. Um, very much taken on board and accepted without question Clem's uh, statements on on Sunday. And we talked last night about this kind of quite clear division and and that division being apparent on social media platforms as well. So on Facebook, Mm -hmm. there is, um, you know, very much a... This is the statement that we wanted for. We've always wanted an owner who is this transparent. This is brilliant. This is the reassurance we needed. And then on Twitter, there is more of a a challenging narrative, a suggestion that 
you know, in the past, they've uh, had statements that haven't been uh, fully um, evidenced in, in terms of the claims that have been made. So I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens over the next few days. Um, we continue to be contacted by people in and around the club. Um, and I think there are other outlets that are also um, kind of looking into it and, and will continue to do so. So... Um, can, I, can I just on that? You've just mentioned other outlets. Um, so... The Lord Strangers, who was in another Swindon mm. sort of podcast, they did an episode last night and they kind of dissected Ryan's article and then Clem's response. And I, I it, phenomenal episode. If you're a Swindon fan, go give it a listen because it's a very good episode and it's by Swindon fans. So they kind of they've got that emotional attachment to it. It's hard for us to like we understand, but we don't have that feeling, yeah. you know. But one thing that they said, and I, I said to Ryan, I'd address that on here tonight, was that they mentioned these sources. So first of all, they all, everybody knew, knows that Swindon leaks, but everybody mm -hmm. was adamant yeah. that they knew who the sources at the club were. But those sources mm -hmm. are no longer there, and it's mm -hmm. still happening. Mm -hmm. um, what they said was they couldn't understand why these sources were reaching out to a smaller organisation like ourselves yeah. as opposed to a bigger one. And, and my thing for that is the smaller ones are more dangerous. I, I genuinely think that... We, as an organisation, are more, we've got less to lose than, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if the BBC put it out, Clem can sue them for millions. We don't have that that to, to be sued for. But And obviously, we, we also, we've got the evidence that backed up everything that was said. It wasn't a case of it went out without being checked. Every single thing that was said yeah. was checked. And in Clem's statement where he denies everything, he then also confirms it. Because he says the club is not for sale and then goes on to say at time to time we do receive offers and entertaining those offers is not a sign of the club. Yes, it is. <laughs> if your club's not for sale, someone contacts you and says, I want to buy the club. You say, no, club's not for I sale. Don't know, though. Like, it happens with, the, with houses, doesn't it? You get a letter through your door saying we really, really want to buy your house. It's not for sale. It's just a, um, an expression of interest. And you can say no. You haven't got a, yeah. a sign outside the door. Yeah, of course you can. But, yeah, so, but, but if, you, if you look into what they're willing to pay, your, your house is for sale. You just want, you're just waiting for that right price. And that's all yeah. it is. You are just waiting for that number. The issue with Clem is that there's a roadmap that he's laid out very, very clearly about where the club's got to be. As far as I'm aware, they've... They've had to, with this roadmap, they've got to do a certain amount of investment and upgrading to the ground within a certain amount of time. And they've not even started at this point. Yeah. So it's it's really, really, everything that's been said, and this comes back to the supporters trust, and I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm going on a bit one of you, but this is, I need to put this out here. I know you mentioned like the supporters trust, it may have taken them by surprise, but the supporters trust haven't put anything out since no. the 22nd of August when Clem transferred 20% of the shares to those two people and then Rob mm. Angus was set up to say that it was a mistake and then it turned out it wasn't a mistake. Rob Angus mm. set down, stepped down. Clem then said that the, the shares would be getting transferred back over. They haven't. They're still in the name of the others. Why aren't yeah. the supporters trust pushing for answers on that? Then in September, the EFL did an investigation into Swindon Town over alleged breaches of regulations. Yeah, Supporters trust have said 
nothing. They haven't reported that it was even happening. That was six weeks ago. Why, where is the information on this? It's not just I can get I could understand if they'd been on the ball and then Saturday came and they didn't do anything because yes, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you've got they've got a record, but at this point they've not followed up, they've not put anything out, and they're not be, they're not pressuring enough. And I think that comes down to the fact that one of their members became CEO, mm-hmm. and when he became CEO, they became obsolete because they then couldn't be seen to yeah. be challenging because theoretically they're running the club, someone who. Yeah put together their rules and regulations is in charge of the club so it, it for me if I'm a Swindon fan and I know that it's easier said than done I'm looking at options and I'm saying we need a new supporters trust I the, the supporters trust can't be trusted at this point members are leaving left right and center I don't know they charge 17 pound a month yeah so but since the since the 22nd of August we've had September October now in November so we're, we're talking 50 quid per person who's on that tier in membership fees mm. and they've, they've had nothing yeah what, um, what, it's, it's insane the other side of that why would you uh why would you talk to a smaller outlet is perhaps also because we care we can we give a shit about league two clubs and yeah. not just their own and we you know as a um as an organization are comprised entirely of fans of lower league clubs whereas you know if they go to with the exception of maybe the the Swindon advertiser you know they they go to a bigger outlet and someone kind of you know casts an eye on it and it's just like another press release that's come under come into their inbox that day um and you know you want people that will deal with it sensitively and uh, you know Ryan is entirely uh, his entire article was inc- incredibly journalistically robust in terms of uh, the rigor applied to the processes and the um, and the research that he did. So, Charlie, you, well, before we do, Charlie, what do you think of the Swindon yeah. thing? Do you do you have any sort of views on it? Because I know that obviously you've been dealing with a lot of Bradford stuff this last few days. Have you had a chance to look into it or see what's been going on? Um, I've, I've sort of got an idea of what's going on. I don't have a, a perfectly clear picture of it, but I'll speak what I think, and then if if I've got anything mm-hmm. wrong, you can tell me. But I, <laughs> I think, personally, you know, you get, and I'm not making this about Bradford, it'll be like part of the sentence. Um, Sorry, I'm about to make we it have fans. Stop, so. <laughs> All right, that's fine. We'll take turns then. So, yeah, we have fans who complain about our owners, but when you've got sort of ownership and just a club being running not into the ground but it could end up being running into the ground these clubs especially at a lower level and a lot of people i feel like they don't get enough attention for this but at a lower level these are still people's communities you know these players they're still working people if your job stopped paying you or was late paying you not paying you enough you wouldn't work and you know that's part of what's going wrong you know the the forms dipped a bit but ultimately there's this underlying issue that i don't know exactly how long it's going on but if it's not sorted it could get worse you know he's he's saying that it'll be sorted out or that things have already been sorted uh i don't know whether that's the case or not but for me if things get worse we've seen what can happen with a misran club 
it just goes like that. A community goes like that. It's the centre of a lot of people's lives. You know, football's a massive game all across the country. Clubs like these, they're important to a lot of people, a lot of people's lives. People go all their lives to see these clubs and to see a misrun. It's just not nice at all. I think the, the thing for you there as well is that, yes, Swindon charged one of the highest for season tickets in the league. Like Their their thing is huge. And I think they've had 5,000 season ticket holders, but they're having three to 4,000 walk-ups every game at £27 mm-hmm. a game. Like, where's this money going? And then, and this again, it rings alarm bells. And on Saturday morning when this happened, obviously we knew about what the article, we knew what was coming, but Swindon fans didn't. All they saw on Saturday was out of nowhere, all home, all replica kits, 50% off. Like, we're two two and a half months into the season. That's that's a a cash grab. That is a serious, we need money. We need money to come in. Before Christmas as well, which you'd think would be, they'd have been better doing it. Like, why not wait for Black Friday? And do, you know. Why not wait until January? Because... People are going to want to. People, kids are going to want Swindon shirts, and parents are going. Yeah. They'll be willing to pay full price, build up to right. Christmas, and then yeah. you look at that, and then you go into the facts and figures of the accounts. And I know we're not qualified to go into it too deep, but a turnover of six and a half million pound last year. Mm. Where's that yeah. gone? Like, um, what is going on? Go on, Hannah. Make it about Stockport. We had to oh no, no. I was, well, I was just going to say as well that they sold off their kits like nine quid for an adult shirt because um, I remember it because their away shirt is the same as our. I think it was our first kit last season. Mm. Um, so I remember seeing it. No, what I was going to say was that someone on Twitter had um, had messaged today and saying, "Oh, you know what's happening at Swindon? So many of the clubs have gone through so much worse." And as Charlie alluded to that kind of that financial mismanagement isn't unique to Swindon it's it's something that is kind of pervasive across um across football um but what this does is it's a kind of and this is the point you made is that it's an early warning it's a red flag that there are things that aren't quite right potentially and investigation and accountability now will prevent you know, it being a situation where there is a very, very sharp decline and um, and then potential sanctions and, and the things that really, really affect a club, you know, transfer embargoes and, and all of those sanctions that the EFL have at their disposal. Um, just as an aside, uh, I think we talked about it on, we talked about it in the FA Cup, we talked last Monday about Sutton's transfer embargo appearing on the EFL website that has now been lifted they they don't appear on there at all uh, we spoke to Joe uh, Coffee, who's a uh, one of the um uh, look sports media writers and he was saying that he he believes that it was effectively an admin error uh, so it was they they did go on but they very quickly came back off and I think that explains why there was very little kind of comms and chatter about it following Monday. I think they recognised quite early on that it was a mistake and it was it was removed. So, yeah, I think for Swindon, if people take notice and and the right people are 
continuing to raise their heads above the parapet and, and speak out. And equally, you know, there was a lady on on last night who said, no, I've I've got my lotto payment. It went into my bank straight away uh, and, you know, everything's perfect. I have no problems. There are two sides to every story. And, and that's what we're doing by talking to as many people as we can at the moment. And, and that's the, very much the intention behind it. You're on mute. <laughs> right, we've all done that. Let's be brutally honest. Then, if, if I'm a Swindon fan, the key thing for me looking at this is how unlucky would Clem have to be if everything that's going wrong at the club has been found out in that one report? Oh, I, I think I, if I'm a Swindon fan, I'm looking going, what's next? Yeah, there's, there's, like you said, since since the report came out, we've we've had more stuff come to us, and it's just it's eye opening, and it's like things that we just you hear rumblings of, and you hear rumours, but you don't really know anything of. But then when it kind of comes to you directly, and then you do a little bit of investigate, it's I I think that that article on Saturday is it's a lifeline for Clem to just go. Do you know what? Yes. I fucked up. If he's having to put £250,000 into this club, then there is an issue. Mm -hmm. why, why does a club with the second highest number of seasons, well, almost the second highest number of season tickets, nearly the second highest attendances in the league, why does a club like that need stabilising when they've got, yeah. to be honest, they've got a low-budget squad, they didn't sign big players, so, yeah, for, for me, I'm I'm questioning. I'm saying, what is next? Um, we have gone well mm. over that break, by the way, Hannah. I know that ship's sailed. It'll just like pop up for Shipton Building Society or whoever yeah. it is. We'll so, squeeze it in like, between the Bradford and Swindon stuff. Don't you worry, right? Yeah, we'll just give Ryan a job to do. Fine, fine. It's fine. Um. Mansfield lost to Wrexham as well. So they their unbeaten run is well and truly done. Although not in the league, objectively. They're still unbeaten in the league. What's that going to mean, though, mentally? Because that's two on the bounce, isn't it? I think yeah. that's, that's, yeah. uh, is that going to be as mentally draining as they think? I don't know. Their pitch was an absolute state. I mean, it was bad enough when we played them, uh, but it was far worse than that on uh when was it saturday night yeah saturday night wasn't it oh and charlton and cray valley paper mills that was you see your cold dead heart on uh last week talking about the lack of magic in the fa cup and we should just have um multi-ball and high-vis jackets and neon bracelets and stuff cray valley paper stadium's got a paper stadium Paper Mills got a replay with Charlton. That's yeah, magic. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying there's no magic in the FA Cup at the earlier stages. I'm saying that they don't care about it. You know, let's be brutally honest. We all know that in the, in the next round, they'll pick the wrong games to televise. And that's, that's what I mean. Like, they just, they have no... The FA, whoever it is who decides, they just, they don't look into what's actually happening they just go on name and that's... They do. Yeah. And they, they either go for, like, top 
as in like two in the top league or the ones with the massive gap. So, yeah, you know, I mean, the third round and... we'll get we'll get Man City versus Man United drawn in the third round, and that'll be the televised game. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. if there's one thing that we need, it's Man City and Man United again on another TV. Yeah, it's but it's just... BBC, isn't it? So they, they, it's for the numbers. I've not seen who they're televising for the replays yet. Actually, Salford Peterborough no. would be a good one. Yes, it would, um, and we're going to be there. Yes, we're going to be at Salford Peterborough. Um, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. Can't get excited. <laughs> um, but do, do you know what? I'll, I'll talk about a bit about Saturday. Um, I was, and Charlie, I don't know if you were the same. I was very impressed with Wickham in terms of defensively. They are a solid side. It, it was weird. I had to count the number of players Wickham had on the field because oh, really? they always. Well, every time a ball came into the middle, we we seemed to pack the box to try and get a goal. <laughs> But they right. always had one one man who didn't have a Bradford player to mark and no one was near him. And I couldn't work out why this one man was consistently clear. Um, but I think, Charlie, you'll, you'll agree, we deserved a replay out of that. You wanted a replay. I didn't want a replay. I, I don't feel like... Yeah, Charlie wanted to go to Wickham. Then I've said it's been on a Tuesday and he can't do Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I want to go. Um, I want to go. I mean, last time I went down there, we what, MK Don's away, were it? And yeah, yeah, that went great. But no, I don't know why. I really want to go to Wickham. But nah, the game, I thought we played really well in the second half, though, especially towards the end, which, you know, there's yeah. a lot to say about how the game ended. But to see us well, piling yeah. on the pressure like tell that. About, just, just tell them how the game ended, by the way. Anna, this is amazing. <laughs> right. So extra time. We're well into extra time. Not long left. We're piling on the attacks. We get a corner. And we see Harry Lewis, the goalkeeper, come up and get ready to to absolutely, you know, thump it in with his head. And he doesn't. But then we keep it going. We keep things going. Yeah, sorry. Disappointed. I thought there was keep, going to be keep... a Harry Lewis uh, <laughs> redemption story. So did we. So did we. <laughs> so we're piling the pressure on. The ball's going absolutely everywhere. But... Not into the net. Um, and then we get this chance. I think it were Adam Wilson. Someone, yeah, anyway, yeah. is free with the ball, unmarked. And the ref just blows up for full time. Oh, On the edge of the area, he'd set the yeah. ball. Like, he'd taken his touch and set it to, to, to left foot, try and bend it in. And the referee just blew. And he just sort of, everyone just went, what the fuck are you doing? And the thing is, it's the second time that's happened to us in the last two seasons. It happened at Grimsby yeah. away last season where a free kick came in. Alex Gilead, on the penalty spot, unmarked, took it down on the chest and went to hit it and the referee blew his whistle. It was nil, it was nil, nil. And that would, like, he was about to let, and the referee just blew his whistle. And it was like, I was always under the impression that the rule was that you don't blow when there's a an attacking okay. opportunity but i don't know whether that's a guide or if that's a rule but for me it should be a rule because that that cost us a replay potentially and money potentially as well so mm -hmm. yeah it, I, I went and sat with charlie in the second half and it it was just yeah the, the referee had a bit of a mare at that point and you could see that wickham fans were very relieved that it happened that way 
Um, but yeah, all credit to Wickham. I thought they were, I think they're a very, very good side. Um, yeah. Considering we've a lot of League One, I, I enjoyed watching the way we can play football. Um, in the comments, uh, James has mentioned the Notts County Crawley tie as being a great job. So Notts County have uh, just announced that they've signed Dan Gosling, mm-hmm. who apparently was not in La La Land, um, as someone oh. mentioned, uh, or the notebook either. Um, but he, they, obviously Notts County um, announced last week that Matty Palmer's out for, I think, the rest of, so the, rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Or at least, the, you know, the next four months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have... Gosling, Bostwick, pair up in midfield. I think, yeah, it's it's a good signing if they're substitute. You know, if it's a they need they needed someone to replace Matty Palmer, and he's you know obviously going to be strong replacement for them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's not much like. Uh, who was it that went to Gillingham recently? Kyle? Kyle... No, he's not there yet. You're not he's there yet? Tra- uh, is it Lyle Taylor? Lyle um, Taylor. He's he's training with them at the minute. I was told a few days ago that he's training with them, but no decision has been made yet. But he'd be a great <laughs> signing for them. Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, with Swindon and uh, this, everything that's going on, at least no one's talking about Williams... Uh, a follow whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, which again we could we could go another half an hour about that. That's something that needs to we'll we'll wait to see what happens with that. And and if he if he signs, then we'll we'll dissect that a little bit later on it on another show. But just on, on Swindon as well, and another talking point from the fans is that I say allegedly, again, multiple eyewitnesses, Charlie Austin giving the finger to the fans <laughs> on multiple occasions during the game. Um I wonder what, like, I don't know. I mean, some of that may well be in response. The the fans were not, a lot of them left. Um, yeah, I will friend, go them down. Friend of the show, Ben, said that, you know, he sent a message saying something like, you know, the only people that are left are older shot fans and sadists. And there was, I, you know, you can absolutely see that at, at 7 nil down. Um, I think, Charlie from Swindon as well had said, I think he missed all four of their goals, or that, that may well have been Ben actually. But um, yeah, I mean, the fans were not particularly uh, exuberant or effusive in their support of Swindon on Saturday. And it, it, you know, if you're getting booed, then yeah, I think I'd stick the finger back up at my fans. Am I wrong in thinking that? He's kicked off with them before last season. Oh, I feel like, very yeah, he did, he did, and I, I, so I remember it because I know, I know, I know who it was he was talking to. Um, <laughs> so they, they they lost away from home or they drew away from home. It was a poor performance, and and Charlie went over and basically said, "Shut up, get yourself home, go have a beer, go have your Chinese, and stop worrying about it." And that was that kind of his response, and it, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it, it's. It's not if it's repeated behaviour because regard I, thing is I can't it's a line I don't really want to say because I was gonna say they pay his wages, 
But at the same time, if he's not receiving those wages, maybe not. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, I, I think we'll dissect Swindon a hell of a lot more soon. Yeah, he was volatile last season with uh, with JD Morris as well, wasn't he? So there's there's precedent for that. Um, but he's a big personality, and you know people love that in uh, in equal measures with being derided for it. Yeah. Um, what else went on? Kyle Wooten scored four goals on Saturday. We talk about hat tricks. Four, four. That would be your the, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be the fourteenth. Self-indulgent and turgid. Liam's turgid. I'm self-indulgent. It's just how it works. Yeah, we got. That was in an official review as well. <laughs> we love it. Um, that would be the fourteenth hat trick from a League Two player this season. Oh, nice start. By fourteen individual players. Well. It's mad. We, we were literally every single week at the minute a League Two player scored a trick for the last, I think it's seven weeks now. So yeah, yeah. like let's let's keep it going. Andy Cook this Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> it was that our week, turn. Was great. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we, it was just like constant. We were looking, going, oh my days. Um, yeah, no, I can't. I I'm just excited to get going this weekend now. And yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you're not gonna get a Bradford disappointing on the breakdown this week it's going to just be let's go let's, you at home? Let's, let's, yeah yeah and that's what we need bradford fans if you're yeah, listening on saturday we need a world a wall of noise we need everybody behind look we all know full well that barrow if they win that coin toss they're gonna flip ends yeah don't turn stay behind them keep going and if we can put that defence up and I know it's a cliche be that 12th man the, we'll we'll get to where we want to go I am buzzing and the same I think the same advice would be true for Swindon as well you know, support your players on the pitch they're, I think they will now they're, on, they're, they're there to play for you and you know they deserve your support regardless of what's happening, happening off the pitch oh Okay. Anything more from you, Liam? No, 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 no. Um, I'm, I'm good to just, yeah, I'm ready to go get my stuff on and set off. Just get to the ground. Oh, right. <laughs> it is Monday. Yeah, I know, but I still, I think if I get there earlier, I'll get a good space. Yeah. Yeah, so, you could sleep in your car for the next four nights. I sleep at the club. I'm going. Go, I've got. I know the codes. I know the codes to get in the ground. I'm I'll sleep. Yeah, I'll, I'll sleep in Billy's coop. Yeah, all over it. What about you, Charlie? Me? Oh, I'll just. I'll probably sleep under flags in the northwest corner. Me. Oh, I like it. Beautiful. Is that the round? Nice there? Oh, yeah. Hannah, we don't have a round. We don't have a round. Yeah, let's be honest. That's where the cool kids sit. Come on. Yeah. Well, the, the people in that stand are feared. I'll have you know. Feared. Yeah. By all head teachers. Yeah. Um, and social workers. Babysitters. Across, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pensioners. What else is there? So, yeah. I, you know, it is what it is. Cool, cool. 
And we should we should wish happy birthday to Fools Roshen, the, Sw the Swindon podcast. It's all about Swindon. It is. They go, they go live in an hour and I'm jumping on with them and they don't yeah. know because obviously this isn't going out before. I'm jumping on with a nice birthday surprise for them and I can't wait. <laughs> Buzzing. I'm looking forward to it. Right then. So this week there are there's obviously a championship podcast because uh, games in the championship continued as normal. Uh, League One and the National League are also coming in. We've just been told that we're finishing before League One, which is a new record. So goodness knows what they're talking about. Um, we've got a breakdown on Thursday and then the 6.06 on Sunday, which is back to normal, going through all of League Two's fixtures on Saturday. And I'm sure I'll, you know, have some feedback from the Magic Roundabout but there'll be there'll be two games in by then. Hopefully, things will have settled a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> right. Um, what else is there? Uh, podcasts are available on all of the normal channels, uh, plus YouTube, probably at some point tomorrow. Um, and you can follow us on at Look Sports Media on Twitter. The writing side so we now have an enormous team of writers um everything started on the 30th of november so we're a week in 30th of, of uh, october even so we're a week in uh, there's new articles added at an incredible pace uh, everything is tweeted on the look sports media account but it, you can also go to at the looksports.com or at looksportsmedia.com to, to find them for your league, your club. You can um, search all the podcasts are up there. So it's a brilliant resource and uh, the team are working incredibly hard. So um, that content is all there. It's all, all free. Who'd have, who'd have thought? Free. And who'd have thought within the first week of going and switching the articles on, we would end up with probably the biggest exclusive of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was um, a bit of a spike in views on Saturday night. It's lovely. Beautiful. Right, yeah. so we'll see you all on Thursday, if not before. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Thank you for joining. It's, uh, You're welcome. It's always good to have, have new faces. We love it. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks very much, guys. Thanks see you later. Bye. Bye.